Welcome to Conversations with Jeff Bucknam, a podcast featuring real, not famous people, and everyone has a story, and we're jumping into that. I'm your host, Tommy Kreitz, and we have a special guest today, um, Ramirez Moody, who we're going to be having a conversation with. Really excited. This is episode three. If you're just jumping in, joining us, and... Uh, Episode three. Episode three. We're really rocking it now. Yeah. Well, number three. But before we jump into that conversation, there's some things that happened this, you know, this week and recently that uh, we always like talking about. And so... Okay. Let's talk about it. Hit it. You, for one, <laughs> walked into uh, our little studio on crutches. Yes, I did. With a little walking boot. Yeah, it's all fake. I did it so <laughs> that people would get me f- drinks when yes, I want them. It's perfect. <laughs> a little sympathy. No, I... I went around a corner on my bike, uh, and it had, um, w- you know, wet leaves. Yes. Which I've, I've gone down in that situation before, so you would think that somebody would, you know, you'd learn. Yes. But no. <laughs> I mean, were you like, you just were like, I'm not going to use the brakes. I'm well, just I, don't, I don't think it occurred to me that they were as wet and, uh, yeah. Yes. So I went around the corner, and I hit it just, yeah. But my foot stayed clipped into the bike, and I fractured my tibia. Ooh. Which I don't know what that means, but that's what he said. <laughs> it sounds serious. Yeah. And uh, so what did they say? Recovery. I don't know. They just said, Here, here's a boot. Here's some here's crutches. Some crutches. Good luck. <laughs> when it feels better, start walking on it. So. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Modern medicine. A modern medicine. <laughs> uh, exact, really. Yeah. Uh, so what did they say? Like, don't ride your bike? No, I rode, actually, I rode my bike back. I, After you fractured your tibia? Yeah. That doesn't seem I good. I clipped it back in. Man, that hurt. I'm sure. It really did. Yeah. Trying to, to clip it back in, and then you have to clip it back out by twisting it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Did you know? I like, I, a few tears came out of my eyes. Were you like, yeah, moment. this is broken. Yeah. yeah. I knew something was wrong. Ooh. So, but yeah, I rode back, which kind of, because I'm a man. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yeah. You have something to prove. Yeah. Because inside you, you're like, I'm going to walk this bad. I'm like, of course I can't walk, but I'm like, you know what? It's a better story if I, if I ride. It is. Because people are like, oh, how'd you get back home? I rode home. I rode home. On a fractured tibia? Yeah. That's right. That's right. And I felt no pain. <laughs> that's uh, that's yeah, crazy. crazy. Right? That's crazy. So now I'm, now I'm on that. I'm looking forward to preaching in, in the boot. Although I Will you have crutches? Well, I want one of those little rascal scooters. I think we can. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> yeah. At, at the very least, to transport me from behind the... Absolutely. Absolutely. To the front. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like we could probably make Why that can't happen. We make this happen. Well, yeah, we'll just call up maybe Walmart or Target and be like, hey, could we borrow one? Somebody's got to have a rascal scooter or sitting someone around. from, yeah, maybe listening to this right now. Uh, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Like, you, you think it's not going to ha- no, happen? No, I don't. No, I do. Th- no, if you can clip back in and, and ride home, yeah, I, I think can getting ride a, a rascal, rascal scooter, scooter, yeah, I think that that's probably a, a lot easier uh, to do. Now, you also uh, just came back from a conference. I did. W- what happened first? The conference? The conference the, happened, the and I came back here, and in, in my joy, I started riding my bike. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, no, it was, coming back here was a joy, because where I was, uh, where the conference was, was in Canada. Right. Western Canada. And uh, Tell us a little Cana- bit about Well, the that. Canadian government uh, has taken the COVID thing pretty seriously. Yes. When I say pretty seriously... Like, uh, yeah, like the Soviets would take most just, things seriously. Yeah, just life in general. Right. And I, like you have to apply. I they, they're making it a deal now that yeah. you can't fly anywhere in Canada yeah. without a COVID passport. Okay. Uh, that you can't ride a 
train. You can't ride a bus. I had to show my COVID passport to go into restaurants. I have a COVID, oh, I have wow. a Canadian COVID passport. Wow. Which feels very papers, please. Yes, you know? for sure, for sure. And some of the people who are who are policing it, which are the, like, the host and hostesses at these places, mm. some of the people are really enjoying it, right? Yeah. And some of the people yeah. are very apologetic. Sure. And it goes to show you that not everyone should have power. Yes. Right? Yeah, absolutely. The nice people, you're like, hey, yeah, I'm happy to show this. And they're like, yeah, I think it's a little crazy and all that. But, you know, we kind of have to do it. Yeah, nice rule followers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you have the other people who say, Peppers, please. And you're like, "Uh, I was just going to go in there real quick and talk to my friend. No. Yeah. If you come in here and talk to your friend, COVID will be released and you will all die. Is that that how the Canadians speak? No. No, they... (laughs) He talk like this, eh? Eh? Oh, you want to go in there and have the COVID, eh? Yeah, that's kind of... Wow, that's remarkably similar to where I'm from in Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin. Yeah, we're like the South South Canada. You're like Canada South. South, yeah. That's interesting. And so, uh, what was the conference? It was a church planting conference. It was uh, for basically a number of churches in Canada are trying to get together and form a church planting movement across Canada, leadership wow. development and church planting movement. And I was part of it before I came and said that I would uh, be a part of uh, speaking at it when they had the, this particular conference. I have to go back in February to uh, another conference, but that one's in Vancouver wow. called the Gospel in Our Cities Conference. And it's, it's uh, through Redeemer City to City, which is uh, Tim Keller's former church and uh, the organization. I think he actually works for Redeemer City to City now. So Very cool. Yeah, tied to Tim Keller. Very cool. That's awesome. So a couple of things happened in sports this week. Did they? Recently, maybe not this week exactly, but uh, Aaron Rodgers, for one. Right. Did you hear he about this? He owns everyone. <laughs> yeah, specifically Chicago yeah. He's and like, the Bears. Yeah. <laughs> it's no big deal. I when I you. say I own yeah. you. Yeah. Although it is interesting. And then you know, he did the discount double check, which was confusing. Yes. What's funny to me is like uh, there is the trash talking on the field that if if people knew what they said on the field, most of them would be arrested. Yeah, probably. Right. No, I've I've when they mic them up. I've played enough basketball in my life to know I, I, I actually think that's hate speech. Yeah, it gets a little crazy out there. But apparently when you get on the field of play, you're free to say stuff. And yeah. so when they take that stuff that you've said on the field of play and yeah. they take it out of out of field of play, it sounds a little bit bad. Like It does. Like I own you. Yeah. Not a great, no, not a not, great sound bite. No. You know, the white guy yeah. saying the I own you line is just probably not a good good thing. Probably in, shouldn't say it. Given the history of the United States. Yes. Correct. Yeah. yeah. But he's getting it. He, he's kind of taking it on the chin for yeah. it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... That's a thing that happened. Also, Tom Brady, mm. um, I, a lot of news about quarterbacks, apparently. Tom Brady threw his 600th touchdown pass, for those who are interested. And then uh, the receiver lot. was a Mike Evans. He threw it into the crowd. <laughs> and uh, and so the Why? guy... did. I'm assuming that Mike Evans did not know that that was his 600th I would, pass. I would guess. Can you imagine? I would guess. He catches it. Or he just... Take that, Brady! <laughs> yeah. Toss nice it right throw. The Next time, throw it better. Yeah, exactly. And so he did. He threw it, and a, a fan caught it. And um, and then they sent over. Did you hear about this? They sent over their people to negotiate getting the ball back. Who's the who sent over their people? Tampa Bay. So Tampa Bay had people negotiators. And I think that that really brings up a good question, right? Is if you're that person, what would you do? Ooh, would you negotiate? 
So he negotiated quite a few things. What did he get? So he got two jerseys. So actually got three jerseys. Two jerseys, one signed by Mike Evans. Yeah. He also got Mike Evans' uh, game cleats. Um, okay. He got a helmet, I think, signed by Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. And he got season tickets for the rest of this year. Two, two season tickets for the rest of this year and for next year as well. Yeah. And $1,000 in the game shop. So, like, whatever is there. <laughs> Other jerseys. I don't know. Not signed. And so that's what he gave it up this. feels a little bit, uh, I don't know, opportunistic? A bit, right? I don't know. It seems like, why don't you just give the ball back to the guy? And what would you do? Yeah. Would I'd you just give, the give ball it back? back. What do I care? I didn't get $1,000 in your gift shop. Yeah. Like you're going to buy Tampa Bay stuff. Yeah, right. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. And that, well, then there's the third option. They'll be good this year, last year, and then that's that. Yeah. But what? no, I don't think that, the, yeah, there are other options. The right? other option is you sell it on the internet Ooh. and and how much could you possibly get there for tom brady's you 600th could. right so what do you do do you give it back with nothing do you negotiate with the, with the tampa bay staff or do you sell it yeah, it's kind of crazy you right? give it back for nothing come on for goodness That's sake the christian way right well there. not just yes but also just be nice at some point you yes. know what i mean yes i bet you had he given it back brady would have been sweet you're a good dude yeah and would have had him over to his house and giselle would have made them some uh you know pot roast or something <laughs> yes he doesn't eat pot roast i bet yeah i bet he he eats like weeds yes something super healthy. he's a super healthy guy yeah, right he eats, exactly he eats we- weeds from the backyard yeah organically grown in a beautiful mushroom sauce. yes <laughs> in a beautiful mushroom sauce so a lot of interesting stuff going on in our world. Glad that you're okay. Don't you think that the two of us should become commentators on the news? I do. For these things? Yeah, we should probably just, you know, um, we should make a podcast out of it or something. <laughs> you know this is the part everyone fast forwards. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> They're like, I, we don't care what you think about sports. <laughs> but it is very interesting and uh, glad that you're okay. And Thanks, you man. Didn't get more injured uh, on your bike ride. Biking yeah. is, cycling, I should say, is, is dangerous. It is. So glad you're all right. Thanks, man. And uh, we, we are wishing and praying for a speedy recovery. Are you, though? Yes. Now that I've seen you in crutches. Are you going to pray for I'm me? I'm going to pray for you. Of you course are? We, yeah. Do you want me to do it right no, now? No, I we just will. think it's weird that some people say that kind of thing. And I'm then they pray, don't. I'm going to yeah. pray for you. You're like, really? Yeah. Okay. I will pray for you. Thanks, man. And maybe we all will in this podcast studio. Yeah. Um, but we do have a conversation coming up uh, with a special guest. Uh, Ramirez Moody, mm. who is a uh, pastor at a Rolling Meadows campus and who has an amazing story and conversation that we are going to check out right now after the break. Let's get into it. So I'm sitting here with Ramirez Moody. Did I say that right? Yes. But you spell it different. Like when I hear Ramirez, it sounds like a Hispanic name, but it's not. Yes. Ooh. So my parents spelled it differently. Ro yeah. Merez. Yeah, it was almost like my mom sounded it out or something and Ramirez. came up with that. I like it. Yeah. It's good. But your nickname Keep is? Ro. Any other? No. Well, my mom would call me Merez when she was yelling for me to come in from outside she yeah, would first say just, row row and then when that didn't work she'd say Maris. Maris. yes 
Yeah, so she dispensed with the front end of that. Yeah, so you know how some of the trouble. times when you're a kid, you get in trouble and your parents call you by that certain name and you're like, oh man, I better get... Jeffrey Ronald. Better get my act together. Yeah. Yeah. Did that happen often? Yes. I went through a phase in my childhood where where I was getting in trouble like three times a day, it seemed. For what? I don't just random things. You just don't remember. Yeah, I would terrorize my sister. I was just, I just had a lot of energy. What, uh, how many, how many siblings did you have? I grew up with my older sister, Gidget, and she was seven years older than me. So perfect age. Like when she's 18, I'm at the perfect age to like terrorize her. I'm trying to remember the show that had Gidget. Yeah, there was a TV was show. Was it called Gidget? Yes, it was called Gidget. Oh, I remember th- some black and white thing about some girl on the beach. Is yeah. that right? Yes. All right, yeah. there it goes. It's probably where, no? Good memory. Where they got their name, maybe? Yeah, that is where my mom uh, I like it. my sister. Yeah. So just you and your sister? Yeah, and yeah. So, but later in life, well, I think this might come out in, yeah. in, in this discussion. Okay. Do you want to cover it now? Sure. Okay, so my parents were divorced uh, when I was a teenager, and uh, my mother... She remarried maybe about five to six years after that and had two more children. Okay. So you, you have half brothers and half sisters. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Are you pretty close with them? Not really. Um, Because you would have been how old? When I was probably old enough to be their parent. So Uh, I was 17, 18. Yeah. I imagine that you were not uh, expected to look after them. Were you? Well, when they I were wasn't, little. well, by then my parents were divorced, so uh, I was yeah. living with my dad. So I really didn't develop a relationship with them. I tried to over time, but it's, you know, it's really hard. But you grew up uh, terrorizing your sister. Yeah. Okay, what's, the, what's the, the best thing you did to her that was, you know, you sound like you're uh, a little punk, little guy who was, yeah. who was just trying to get attention and terrorizing you know, your sister. You know, I would get bored fun. and then just mess with her, you know. Yeah, but how do. would you mess with her? You know, it's all a blur, but I can't remember anything specifically, but it was just all little knickknacks. Does she, does she go to counseling stuff. now because of this? No, actually, she has gone to be with the Lord. Oh. But. <laughs> the worst thing for somebody to ask. <laughs> People sometimes do that with my mom. Oh, yeah. so your mom's, you know, trying yeah. to make a joke. I said, well, yeah. no, my mom died 10 years ago, right? <laughs> when did yeah. she pass away? Man, she passed away the year that I came on staff here. Oh, my word. So, yeah, there was a lot going on in our life during that time. Uh, so that would have been 2018 that she passed away, March 2018, after a long bout with breast cancer. Ugh. Yeah. All right, I want to pick that up in a second. Sure. You were a football player in high school. Yes. What did you what, – like what position? I played wide receiver. Okay. And I was the backup quarterback, and I played free safety. Did, did you think that you well first of all were you any good i was decent i was decent enough to get a college scholarship yeah. so uh can i ask what level of college <clears throat> uh division one what? technically division one double a it was okay. western illinois university so you played as a receiver there yes okay yes. yeah yeah and immediately realized that i was not gonna make it to the nfl <laughs> What made you realize that? Well, you know, you're great in high school, right? And then you get to this next level and it's like, oh, wow, all of these people are great. Yeah. So my roommate uh, was our coach would 
pair you up with a defensive player. Yeah. So I was a wide receiver. I got paired up with our free safety uh, by the name of Rodney Harrison. who Don't, turned, don't know him. Well, Rodney, you do, I'm sure you do know him. He's on TV. Yeah, yeah, he's on TV now. Uh, played for the Patriots for many years. He did. And uh, do you know yeah. David Tyree caught that catch on him? Yeah, remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Helmet catch. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, the first few weeks of practice, and I was just like, okay, this is probably going to be my last stop in the sport here. But you paid for your school. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. You would have been thrilled. What did you major in? What was your degree in? Um, just business management. I really didn't know what to major in. I loved architecture, but um, yeah, I landed at a school that did not have architecture. Okay. So, were you a Christian at this point? Yeah, I was a believer. Um, when, at when least did I you grow I up? Is it, did you grow up in a? Christian Oh yeah, I home? grew up in a Christian home. My mom. We would go to church every weekend. My dad would not. Uh, I grew up in a church. Um, in the southern suburbs of Chicago called Homewood Full Gospel Church. And our pastor, Pastor Peterson, was just this awesome shepherd and yeah. great guy. Um, but I never really had a relationship with the Lord for myself. You know, I was really didn't look forward to going to church. I just did it because my mom made me yeah. do it. Yeah. Which is popular. I mean, how many kids are in that boat? Yeah. So I have a question. Um, yeah. My experience in the past has been in African-American churches that mm -hmm. pastors are treated differently than in lots of others. Could, mm -hmm. is that, am I right about that? Well, this church was a multicultural church. Okay. Like when we first got there, we were one of the first black families there. Pastor oh, wow. Peterson was white. Okay. And, uh, but as I got older, more Blacks and uh, different ethnicities moved into the southern suburbs, and so it became a multicultural church. Okay, but I know exactly what you're talking about because I mean, in addition to uh, attending Homewood Full Gospel Church, some of the times after church, my mom would say, "Hey, we're going to go to the city, and we're going to go to the Monument of Faith, which was on the south side of Chicago." Mm -hmm. Pastor Hinton was his name, and this church man was like your traditional. African-American church yeah. where you roll in and there's energy in the room. Mm -hmm. There's like the choir, 80 person choir. They're, they got the choir robes and uh, they're singing as they enter into the worship oh, center. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they're coming down it the aisles. Great. It is. And then you have the nurses who are dressed up in white outfits yeah. and uh, the ushers and all of that. It was, uh, it was an experience. Yeah. If yeah. you've never been to a church like that, you absolutely should go. It oh, is a absolutely. blessing. Yeah. One of the best experiences I had ever in church, my church life was actually attending a, a church in the south part of Dallas. That yeah. was, I mean, by attending, we went there for, oh man, almost a year. Yeah, yeah. And just having, I I loved the African-American community and yeah. how caring they are for you. Yeah, man. In church, just yeah. put their arms around you. Hi, honey, how you yeah. doing? This, this lady we used to sit, sit next to, all the, I can't remember her name now, but she She'd remember if we weren't there. I mean, it's a big church, mm -hmm. right? Tony Evans Church, and she big. She would uh, she remember if we weren't there the week before, and then we'd wow. sit down, kind of the same area. And she said, "Now, where, where were you? You know, last wow. week." And that's amazing. It is amazing. Yeah, but very sweet. She invited us to her house several times. We just couldn't. We didn't end up making it a couple. But one of the friendliest places I've ever been. Yeah. Anyway, but you grew up a Christian kid, but not really super super committed to to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When did yeah. you decide that that was going to be different? Well, I mean, more um, committed. Yeah. So, or, or did you ever? 
Oh, no. <laughs> well, the Lord decided for okay. me, yeah. right? So um, my parents got a divorce, so I decided to go live with my dad because he didn't really know the Lord. He wasn't walking with the Lord. So I'm like, I'm going to How go old were you when they him. got divorced? I was 16. Okay. Yeah. So that would have been kind of devastating. What? Your parents getting divorced. Oh yeah, it was devastating. Old. Yeah, I mean, it had a major impact on my grades. I wasn't making the best decisions for myself during that time. I was highly recruited uh, my junior year in high school. So my senior year, I was it was a lock that I was going to go to Michigan. And my senior year, we got a a new football coach. And so he comes in, you know, things are going great. We were projected to minimum win our conference. So we go 0-2. And, and so he calls a meeting, and he's like, he locked the door in the meeting. He's like, whatever's shared in this meeting, it stays in this room. You guys can say whatever you want to say. And Which you clearly my, haven't obeyed. Well, no, it was, my be- <laughs> it, was, it was my best friend. He spoke up, and they kicked him off the what? team. And a, a, six of us walked off of the team. Ah. Uh. And I walked off for a week before my dad was like, hey, what are you going to do about college? You need to get back and start playing. Uh, But by then, it was already done. Yeah. Um, Michigan was no longer recruiting me. Yeah. Yeah. So. But that was a pretty significant act of solidarity. Yeah. Because, I mean, even as I was telling this story, you were like, what? And we were like, what? You just said. Yeah. You know, we could share anything. So we were protesting, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a streak that you've had in you for a long time? The feeling like, uh, yeah, justice? Uh, I wouldn't say, well, I do, I don't like bullies. And I like speaking up for the people who are not heard or feel like that they're not. I heard. affirm that in you. Yeah. Thank I've you, not sir. known you very long, but I can see very much that. Thank you. That you're drawn, you're drawn to that kind of thing. Yeah. And people. It's a lovely trait. I try. And so when you see that things are not right or when someone's not treated right, it's hard for me to not say anything yeah. about that. So, yeah. Yeah. So your, your mom and dad, they get divorced. <clears throat> You're in high school and uh, your faith becomes kind of your own at what point? So I would say um, after college. I came home. I'm not walking with the Lord. I'm going to church periodically, like Easter, Christmas. And I get home. I start to get into some trouble. Um, Friends of mine started smoking weed. And, you know, I'd always say that I would never do marijuana because my dad smoked marijuana. And I really didn't like it. And I would call him out on it on a regular basis. So for me to fall right back into this thing was really weird. Um, but yeah, man, I had a really bad habit of smoking marijuana Mm. and, uh, just got to the point where I was tired of doing it. You know, my wife, my life started to get out of control. Um, I started a a business and things were going great. While this was happening. Yeah. Or before. Yeah. No, while this was happening, you know, it seems like the Lord has always given me favor even then. And so I started, with um, working at Bank One, which is now Chase. And and so about six months working, um, I decided to start my own mortgage company. I was working in uh, for Chase Mortgage. Yeah. No, I'm sorry, Bank One Mortgage. So I was doing mortgages for Bank One and decided to do my own thing. And so I grabbed, approached two of my coworkers and asked them 
if how do they, you make that decision? Well, like I, do you, I, I, that's just interesting to me. You're doing mortgages for people, and at some point, you're like, I can do this. Like, yeah, I, like I can do this with people. Yeah, where do you get yeah. money to do that? Exactly right. So. Um, at the time, I was doing pretty well for Bank One. I had only been there for about three years. It was a co- it was a base salary and commission. Yeah, yeah. So I did pretty well. So I was able to save up some money, rounded up two of my coworkers, asked them if they were interested in doing the same. I noticed that they had had giftings in certain areas and that they were limiting themselves by staying there. So I was just thinking, you know, the three of us together can do something, something amazing. And so they agreed to leave. Uh, we kind of put our 401k together and uh, launched the company out of Rockford because at the time Rockford was like the second largest market in Illinois, but it was really inexpensive to start a business. So we were uh, co-leasing a space from a guy who owned an insurance company, Farmers Insurance. (laughs) And uh, yeah, we launched it from there. Wow. Yeah. How many, how many mortgages? Is that even a question? I don't even know how to ask that, that question. How many mortgages did you mortgage? Well, lend, I mortgage? can give you a better perspective. Um, we grew the company to a multi-state company and we did it in a very unique way. A lot of businesses think that you need brick and mortar to do it. Instead, we invested in a mobile home and we had the mobile home wrapped and it was based around um, approval on the spot. Wow. So we had all these little Dalmatian teddy bears that we would pass out to people as an approval on the spot. Uh-huh. So we had this mobile Good. home with laptops, computers, and we would, you would come on in and we would approve you right then and there. And the rest, wow. it kind of took off from there. But the cool thing about that is that we were able to bring this mobile home to golf outings with realtors and so, yeah. yeah, by being a mobile lender, we were able to build relationships with realtors, and then we grew it to Madison, Wisconsin, then Oak Brook, Illinois, then uh, Tampa, Florida, and then uh, Washington State. Washington and, State, that's right. Yeah. That's where I'm from. Oh, yeah. And then uh, someone offered to buy it, and we sold it, and I got out of the mortgage business. That's remarkable, though. During this time, I mean, this is remarkable. It's that's a great, that's a great success yeah. story. But during the time, you're having the success in mi- in business, yes. but behind yeah. the scenes, you're smoking a lot of weed. Yeah, exactly. And so, I, even if, as I reflect on that, I'm like, you know, because when you're caught up in something, you think that you're fooling people, right? Like my mom will tell you today, she was like, "I knew what you were doing. You thought you were fooling me, but I was just praying for you," and. uh I had the consciousness of mind to know that I was out of control. And so one day I was at a business luncheon uh, with this guy and he seemed pretty squared away. So I asked him if he knew anyone that he could just match me up with, because I thought that maybe a woman in my life, a good woman will bring stability to my life. And so he's like, I don't know, but I'll, I'll call my wife and see. And so it just so happens that my now wife was asking his wife the same thing. She was asking if she knew anyone that she could just hang out with for the summer. Yeah. Because my wife was finishing up medical school, and then she was going to go into practice out in California. Mm-hmm. And so she was just looking for someone to hang out with for the summer, do biking and stuff like that together. And so he had a phone number for me a few hours later, and I'm thinking, wow, bro. 
you could have tried a little harder at this. <laughs> so yeah. I didn't really take it serious, so, but I did call the number. And uh, me, the first night we talked for two hours and then talked two hours every night wow. for five days. And then we're going to meet for the first time the following Saturday. Wow. So you had 10 hours of discussions yeah. before you even met each other. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, man, this woman is perfect. But there's going to be something wrong with her, I know. And uh, I remember meeting her and just saying immediately, I'm going to marry this woman. Did did you tell her that? After I asked, after she said yes, six months later. Because that usually is not the best approach. No, 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 no. And knowing her, she would have ran for the hills. No kidding. Um, And what is your wife's name? Kathleen. Kathleen. Yeah. And how long have you been married? We've been married for 20 years. Ah, congratulations. Yeah. Is we, that the 20th anniversary this year? Yeah, uh, next year, actually. Oh, so good. we're technically 19 years. Yeah, but you're on your 20th year. Yeah. And what was What's the date of your 20th anniversary? Uh, it will be Come on now. August 17th, oh, good 2022. You, good for you. Yeah. You, yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. But at... Like, were you really a committed Christian when you got married then? Or no, were you? No. So she grew up Catholic. So we got married. And I remember her saying, okay, so what are we going to do? Are we going to church? Or what What are we doing here? Because she was used to going to church each week. And I was like, uh, you know, I don't really know of any churches around here. So she was going to church by herself. But it was to a Catholic church. Mm. And uh, so it was, I'm still smoking behind her back. She didn't know. Uh, one day, <clears throat> got some really bad news that my best friend, first friend of my life um, and best friend was shot and killed uh, trying to break up a fight. And so I remember um, going to the funeral. His mom was like, hey, yeah, you're going to say something, right? Because his mom was like my mom. She was yeah. like my second mom. And I didn't. I got cold feet at the last moment. And uh, went to the burial site, paid my respects, did not go to the repass. Do you know what a repass is? No. Yeah, so a repass is like you do the burial and then you go to a place and just have fellowship and food and hang out and share old memories. And instead of going to the repass, I ditched everyone to go smoke weed. Mm. And uh, when I did that, I remember hyperventilating and crying out to Jesus saying, Lord, because I realized what I, what I did, that I had left community to go be in isolation. And I knew that that wasn't good. I knew that when I did that, that this thing was just getting way too bad. And so I did the thing that the only thing that I knew how to do, which was to cry out to the Lord. And I told him that I didn't, I didn't want to do this anymore. So cried out to him, I mean, literally, at the top of my lungs. I'm the only one in my house, and I'm crying out to the Lord and crying and asking him to take this away. And then it seems like after that, I began to get caught with marijuana <laughs> just randomly. The, Lord, by the Lord's your, answers are often yeah, different by, than what we by police like, officers, just yeah. like fluky stuff. So much so that I would end up in court a lot. I ended up. Happened to end up in front of the same judge a few times. Yeah. And he remembered me. And this last time he said, Ramirez, next time, if you get caught again, you're, you're, you're going to have to do some time because 
I don't know what else to do with you. And so I just accepted the fact that the Lord was going to allow me to go to jail um, in order for me to be set free from this. And I remember thinking, okay, I'm okay with that. I'm willing to, and at this time I still own the mortgage company. Mm. Um, God was blessing me. We were living the American dream in the Western suburbs of Chicago. And um, I was ready to let all of that go if I could be set free from this thing. And so one day I decided to pull over on the side of the road to do my favorite thing at the time, which was to smoke and ride. And so I was on the south side of Chicago. I had a healthy trip back to the western suburbs that day. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to smoke as I drive home. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I pull over and uh, immediately a truck. I was in an SUV. And it's funny because you, you have this moment where you're at a crossroads where you're like, these voices are in your head saying, hey, Ramirez, you heard what the judge said. But then there's another voice that comes over like, hey, Ramirez, you're in an SUV. If a police car pulls up, he's not going to see what you're doing because he, you're higher than he is. Mm-hmm. And so I pulled over. I went with the, the second option, mm-hmm. pulled over and up pulls. There was a, a traffic light about a quarter block up the street, turned red. Traffic started to back up to where a police truck pulls up right next to my truck. It's a truck, and it's not a paddy wagon. It's a, a moving truck, and it said Chicago police, and it was being driven by Chicago police officers with badges and guns. So he immediately sees what I'm doing. He puts it in park. He gets out of the car, and he's walking across the front of my vehicle saying, I see you. I see what you're doing. Get out of the car. And immediately I was in the middle of preparing this thing and I get out of the car and like let it go down into the gutter it being the marijuana and immediately I turn around as to like lean against the car and I put my hands around my back behind my back sorry and he puts his hand on my shoulder and he said son what are you doing he said you need to stop doing this you need to stop listening to the music you're listening to and start listening to Moody Bible Radio. And he prayed with me and wrote down his name and phone number for me. And it was at that point that I never went back. Yeah, what a beautiful providence that is, eh? Yeah, come on, man. God's grace. There's nothing like it. Yeah, yeah. And all the moving parts that had to lead to that moment oh, absolutely. him pulling up next to you and then mm-hmm. having that moment. Yeah. I mean, how do you think I would have done in jail? Probably not well. Exactly. You do as well as I would have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, how long were you married at that point? Uh, maybe about one or two years. Okay. Yeah. And did, was your wife, uh, did she, you know, she had you, no clue. Yeah. No, she didn't know about the police, the court. Wow. None of that at all. I kept it well hidden. So, Ramirez, you at one at some point you ended up feeling a call to ministry, right? You mm-hmm. just I'm assuming you go to start going to church somewhere and Yeah, so after that, um I started listening to Moody Bible Radio. I was listening to a pastor on there who said that uh we should you should find a Bible teaching church. So we started to do that. It, it was a two-year process. Mm-hmm. And so we would 
go to a church for a few weeks and and then it's like, oh, no, maybe this is not the right place for us. And so after two years, um, I remember my mom telling me about this church that my brother, my half-brother, he was getting into trouble. And so she went to school to see what was going on and asked the principal. At the end of the meeting, she asked the principal if they could pray. Well, my mom didn't realize that the principal was a Christian. She's like, yes, sister, we can pray. So they closed the door, they prayed, and then after that, the principal invited my mom to her church, which is the church that my mom ultimately told us to go to, which is the church that I got all of my training in and became an elder and a pastor. And here, let me tell you another cool story. So I mentioned earlier that the police officer gave me his phone number. Yeah. So when I was... Um, I was going to be ordained as an elder and also preach for the first time, I decided to call him up and invite him down. Yeah. And so call him up. It took him a little while to remember who I was because by now it had been like two or three years that it passed, right? So once he realized who I was and I told him what I wanted him to do, he broke down. I bet. And he said, brother, I was about to give up. And I don't know what that means, yeah. but he's a Chicago police officer and he owns a gun. So um, I invited him to come down. I preached and then I gave my testimony at the end of the, the message and I had him stand up. And our church at the time was multicultural, but it was mostly African-Americans. And yeah. so you had this African-American base of people. Officer Cowley was Caucasian yeah. and he's used to being persecuted every day by yep. people who are of color and they just loved on him and it changed his whole outlook on things. So I was an elder uh, at that church for about six years and uh, really, really, you know, the senior pastor there was just like, man, I see so much in you. I think that you, you are a pastor. And I'm just like, no, I don't know about that. I kept fighting it and fighting it and fighting it until the Lord just told me, to stop fighting it, to let go and let me have your way, have my way in your life. And so I took on the invitation to become a pastor there. And so wow. I was a pastor there for six years, elder and pastor combined for about eight years. What do you like the best about pastoring? Um, I like the people and interacting with people. I like um, trying to find the people who are looked over mm. And lost, meaning like lost in a shuffle. No, yeah. You know, um, and just showing them who Jesus is. Yeah. Yeah. What do you like least? Um, the people. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say that. Um, yeah, I would have to say that. You yeah. know, I think sometimes as pastors, you know, you see people where they are, and the Lord is just really shown me and taught me patience in being a pastor and um, just meeting people where they are and just having patience with them, yeah. you know, and, and trusting that God is still working in their life. Yeah. What is, what is your role title, whatever at Harvest Bible Chapel right now? What do you uh, do here? Technically I'm the pastor of young adults and compassion ministries. Okay. Here. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And uh, what do you want to do when you grow up? Uh, Pastor of Young Adults and Compassion Ministries. Yeah, you know what? I, I have a special, You're a preacher. Well, 
You're yeah. a preacher. Yeah, I think so. You are. Yeah, I think so. People who've heard you preach think you're a preacher. Okay. All right. Well, that's very kind of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, let me share something with you, too. You, I've mentioned to you that my mom would take us to the Monument of Faith, Pastor yeah. Hinton. And uh, I remember one service, I was half awake on the, I don't know, first to fifth row. Mm. And he's preaching, and he stops, and he calls me up, and he says, young man, you're going to preach the gospel someday. I was 10 years old. Fast forward, Pastor Hinton, he's gone to be with the Lord now, uh, actually came to preach at the church that I was just serving at before I came to Harvest, and I had an opportunity to share that with him. And uh, thinking that he would be like, oh, my God, that's amazing. He was just like, praise the Lord, and just kind of kept moving. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was a full circle moment yeah, for was. me right then and there. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Now nah, you need to be a preacher. All right, man. Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah. But you know what? I think that my experience um, has given me a heart for our young adults. Yes. Um, I know exactly what they need. I know what they're dealing with. Yeah. Uh, but then also the compassion aspect of uh, what I do uh, really speaks to the road that the Lord has brought me on. And when I look back on my path, that the Lord has taken me on, I'm like, oh, well, that's why that happened. Oh, that's why that yeah. happened, because he was preparing me for this. Well, you've had the uh, the pleasure and privilege of seeing some of the those things come to fruition yeah. in your life, right? I mean, yeah. seeing even the story you just told with uh, you know a lot of full circle type things coming yeah. around. Yeah, yeah. Ramirez, I'm gonna. It's been so great to talk to you. By the way, you have mm. kids though. Yes. You have, what's your family look like now? Yeah, so my daughter, uh, Gabriella, just made 10. All and right. uh, one of her favorite things to do here at Harvest is serving at our Hope Center. Oh, praise God. And she loves doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And she loves thinking that she's a young adult. <laughs> you know, she probably funny. is. So yeah, like. right. Well, one of our young adults uh, just shared this with me this morning. She's like, um, Pastor Ramirez, your daughter is just so sweet. You know, she came up to me after service and just asked, how was life treating me? Oh, <laughs> She's like, lovely. what 10-year-old does that? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. Um, this one does, apparently. But yeah, yeah I am so blessed uh, to have her. I'm so blessed to have my wife, who is truly my wise counsel yeah. and uh, has helped me to become a preacher. Uh, she's listened to many bad sermons so yeah she's from uh, all those other awesome. people yeah. so that she knows that when she hears yours yeah she's not she knows they're good <laughs> ramirez okay so i want to finish this with a little bit of a lightning round yes because you've answered all sorts of questions or uh about your life and things mm -hmm. like that this is the important stuff now okay okay let's go lightning round. Uh, now i'm going to ask questions and you're going to answer them as quickly as you can okay okay all right favorite football team bears why I love Walter Payton growing up. He doesn't play for them anymore. I know, but, I mean, he just had me hooked. How do you feel about the Green Bay Packers? I l don't like the Packers, but I do like some of the players that have come from Green Bay. When will the Bears win a championship next? Hopefully before I die. What's the best food that you can find in Chicago? If you would recommend to me the best food slash restaurant. Oh, man. I'm a foodie, and I like all kinds of food. That doesn't help um, me, Ramirez. I would say Piccolo Sonio 
It's on. It's in Chicago, the West Loop, on a five-way intersection, Milwaukee, Grand, and Halston. What kind of food am I eating? It's Italian. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, Best, one of my what, favorite dishes there is this, uh, um, it's seafood and arugula. It's like a salad. It's amazing. Arugula. Arugula. Is that the best kind of lettuce? Uh, it's one of my favorites. Yeah. Choice between arugula and uh, like romaine. You're going arugula. Oh, yeah, I'll go arugula. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You're a foodie. Yeah. What's your favorite food? Man, I, I like sushi. I like steak. There's nothing that I, there's no food that has a stronghold on broccoli. Life. Yeah, I'll eat broccoli. Cauliflower. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Broccoli, cauliflower, if salad. Boiled, if it's like charbroiled. Okay. You got to do, do something that. to it though. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like it mushy. I like it. I like my food firm. Okay. I yeah. like, I like that. So no mashed potato. You don't like mashed potatoes. Oh, actually I do. I'm a steak and potatoes. So guy you're a hypocrite too. Yeah. Well, because you just you know, said that. I know. That's what I'm saying. I like all kinds of food. All right. So, uh, worst food that you've ever eaten while you've been eating with me. The worst food. In your opinion you, or mine? The, nope. The, it's not an opinion. It's the truth. Well, we've Worst had food. All, everything that we've had together has been good. No. You, no, you had grits. And that's, well, that's, that's your wrong. opinion. No, this is just terrible. They're terrible. They look terrible, smell terrible, taste terrible. They have no smell to them. It's an objective fact that grits are rubbish. Okay, I'm so sorry. I'm praying for you. Ramirez, I am so thankful that you have uh, spent your time doing this. And it's been one of the real pleasures of my early time at Harvest, getting to know you. Oh, wow. I mean that. Right. Yeah, really, really enjoyed it. Well, you're a pretty cool dude, too. Well, just wait. You'll you'll learn otherwise. <laughs> I did tell you that that's one of my favorite things is when people have met me in the past and they, they're like, I'm not, you're not what I expected. Really? <laughs> well, the first YouTube I video I, of you, I when I met you, I would say the same thing. Okay, I would say, we won't. you're not what I, what I expected. Okay. And we'll, that's we'll good. Just, okay. We'll just. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a good thing. So it's okay. All right. Hey, it's been great talking to you for all of you out there. We hope you enjoyed uh, Ramirez's story. Everybody's got a story. And certainly God's at work in your life, Ramirez. So we'll see you guys next time. Mm-hmm.